Hello and welcome back to the podcast. The Sermon on the Mount represents one of Jesus' most powerful and probably influential blocks of teaching that still challenges the reader just as much today as it would have 2,000 years ago. So we're going to take the next several weeks to methodically unpack Jesus' teachings in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and we'd like to invite you to join us on that journey. If you have any more questions about the Traders Point Church of Christ, please visit our website at traderspointchurch.org, and you can also find us on Facebook and YouTube as well. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope you enjoy the conversation. Well, hello, and once again, we are studying along, and we appreciate you studying along with us. We're in the Sermon on the Mount over the last uh, couple of weeks already, and we've got still a few weeks out in front of us. We are in Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, and we're really on the very uh, front edge of what is the middle section, if you will, of this sermon given to us by Jesus. And so uh, we have uh, kind of already covered the introduction, if you will. We're going to kind of get into the body, and it, we're going to study today in Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 21, down through verse 26. We'll read that together here in just a moment. But before we get into all of that, we'll have John kind of catch us up to where we are, maybe giving us a little bit of insight about where we're going, and then we'll read this text together, we'll have a little discussion about it, and we'll put the brakes on this one. So John, uh, why don't you catch us up to where we are? Yeah, I think one of the challenges we're going to face as we go through this study, and we kind of faced the same challenge when we were studying through the latter part of the book of John, is all of this is happening at one time. Jesus is standing in front of a crowd of people, and he is giving this teaching to those that are listening. And so as we go week to week, we're breaking this up a little bit, and we're dissecting it. But we have to always keep in mind that this is all happening at one time. And many of the things that Jesus is saying as he's going section to section, as it's broken up in our Bibles, are very closely connected and that's going to be the case today and in the weeks to come as we get deeper into this sermon. But certainly when we get into today's study, we're going to have to remember what we talked about last week as Jesus encouraged those who were listening that your righteousness has to exceed that of the Pharisees. And that's going to be a really important context to keep in mind as we go into the teachings and that we're going to talk about today and in the weeks to come. The Sermon on the Mount was meant to challenge those who were listening, and it was meant to shift the way that they think about the law, how they think about righteousness, how they think about right and wrong and following God. All of those things were meant to be challenged by Jesus as he wants to really uh, focus in on the heart and and let that be the centerpiece of a Christian's mindset of a follower of God. And so he's going to challenge the way that they have thought about some of the old law and some of the commandments that were given there. We're going to talk about some of those today, but I just want to kind of emphasize the importance of maintaining the context in all of this as we go throughout this study week to week. And certainly that's going to be the case today, to remember where we are in this teaching, what Jesus has already said, and I think that's going to add some clarity to what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, we made mention at the beginning of uh, chapter 5 of what is commonly referred to as the Beatitudes. This kind of gives us some attitudes, if you will, or uh, attributes, characteristics uh, of those that would be a part of uh, the kingdom of Christ. And, and he kind of moves from there to now responsibilities, right? You, 
you, you have these attributes, you have these characteristics, now let's, let's put those into practice. Now let's be responsible in our everyday walk, and what ultimately does that look like? And what Jesus does over the next, certainly, bit of this chapter, uh, and it, it really into chapter 6, is he will he kind of provide some examples of that. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get to all of the examples today. We're going to cover just one of those, but maybe be thinking about it you know, that way. Not an exhaustive list by any stretch, but it gives Jesus an opportunity to do just what you had just talked about, the, the kind of teaching that he wants to put forth, mm-hmm. the kind of you need to go a little bit deeper, you need to think differently. And so you made mention of chapter uh, 5 and verse 20, which really is the very end of what we talked about last week. It's a very important context piece. So let's go ahead and back up to that verse, and, and we'll pick it up as well. So we'll read in chapter 5, beginning of verse 20. Uh, to kind of help us with context, and we'll go down through verse 26. So he says, For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge. The judge hand you over to the officer, and you be thrown into prison. Assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out of there till you have paid the last penny." So uh, there's a couple of really interesting things that happen here, and I think you made a really good point that we've got to keep in mind that, you know, Jesus is presenting this probably here at one time in a a pretty large group, it seems. And, And some of the things that he is going to get into here are going to be drastically different from the way that they have thought in the past. And that's why chapter 5 and verse 20 is so important, because In essence, Jesus is saying, this is the way you've thought in the past, but this is the way that I'm calling you to think now. And so he starts with maybe a pretty easy one, right? Something everybody Mm -hmm. can get behind, where he says, you have heard it said of old, don't murder. And of course, everybody, everybody believes that. I mean, it certainly was a part of Jewish law not to murder, but it's a part of every law, probably of every government that's ever existed. Uh-huh. It's, it's in a lot of ways inherent within us, I think, morally to a point that, that murder is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And so he takes this very generic, if you will, law that everybody would agree with, but he says, I want you to think about that differently. And then he uses a very specific then example to help us with that. Yeah, I think that that is so key to this passage. And and really, it almost, in a broader context, just unlocks so much of what Jesus is trying to help us understand. And that is that these Pharisees and these scribes, we talked about this last week, they are not your standard for righteousness, in fact, I am calling you to a much higher standard of righteousness than anything you have witnessed from them. Now, from one perspective, we could look at that and be like, oh no, that sounds really really challenging, really difficult 
to live up to that standard that Jesus is setting. But as you continue throughout Jesus' teaching, throughout the the New Testament writings, what we find is that a life dedicated to Christ is actually freeing in a lot of ways, that that he provides us with everything that we need to, to be righteous and justified before him because of his grace that he brings into the world. And so the standard that he is calling us to is a high standard. He is calling us to a life of righteousness, But that life of righteousness is a life of freedom and a life of joy and a life of peace and a life of comfort. But but he is making the case here at the outset of his ministry that I am, in fact, calling you to a much higher standard. This whole idea, much of which has been perverted over time by the Old Testament priests and the Pharisees and the scribes, this concept that as long as you don't murder somebody— then you're fine. Now, you can walk right up to that line, but the commandment says, do not murder. And so as long as you can check the box and say, I haven't murdered anyone today, then you're fine. Jesus comes along and he says, that's not the way we're going to do things anymore because I'm going to look into the heart and I want you to look into the heart and I want you to see, is anger building up inside of you? Uh, Do you hold hard feelings against your brother? If so, that's what this law was always intended to protect you against. It wasn't intended to just be a box you check to say, I didn't do that today, I must be good. But that's the way the Jews had begun to think about things over time. And so Jesus is coming along and he's saying, we got to change this. This is not what the intent of this ever was meant to be. And now I'm going to hold you to a much higher standard. And so this would have shaken things up a lot to hear this. Because from a Jewish perspective, they had lived their lives saying, I didn't murder anybody, therefore I'm not guilty of anything in that regard. And Jesus is now going to challenge them in that area. Yeah, I think you hit it. I mean, you would think just polling the crowd, you know, who has an issue with murdering people, right? I mean, it's one of those things that you hear and you're like, well, I've got that law on lockdown, right? I don't murder people, so I'm good to go there. But yet he, he switches it, right? He, he switches it into something now that everybody has to think about. Now, mm-hmm. you, now you poll the audience, and you're like, well, who, who's ever been angry with someone before? Mm-hmm. Well, now you go from nobody raising their hands, problems with murder, to everybody raising their hand, right? This is something everybody has to deal with and has to struggle with and has to think about, right? Now he's put it on a level that... This is this is the level that Jesus wants us thinking about. You're, he's deep in the heart at this point, and, and so he he paints that picture. Listen, I, you've got to be thinking about this anger with your brother, but then he helps us to see even how serious this is. Mm-hmm. And he helps us certainly to see that that can grow and to grow into something uh, much more problematic than dealing with it at, at the base level. But he really paints the importance of it, the seriousness of it, when he gets into the sacrifice and mm-hmm. leaving it even to deal with it. Yeah, and I think that the seriousness is is really what we're intended to focus in on as we look inward and look to the heart. And I think we have to be very careful when we read this section of the Sermon on the Mount to remind ourselves that Jesus is not 
taking a legislative position here. He, he's not setting out to change the laws of the land so that if someone is guilty of anger, they should now be tried for murder. Right. That's or not that, what he's doing. Or that murder is okay. Exactly. Right. He, he's, not, he's, not, he's not taking a legislative position here. He's asking us to look at the heart on this matter. And that is so important because sometimes, especially in this span of text that we're going to study over the next couple of weeks, some of that can be taken out of context, and we can begin looking at it from a legislative perspective and begin equating things like murder with anger. And therefore, if I'm angry, I'm murderous. I should be charged and thrown in jail for the rest of my life because I was angry at somebody. That's not what Jesus is trying to do. He is trying to help us see how serious matters of the heart are when it comes to a relationship with Christ and a relationship with our brothers and sisters. And so when we look in the mirror in regards to these things, what we should be thinking about is if I'm angry with my brother over an issue, it is so serious that I should put aside whatever else I may be dealing with in that moment and go and make that right. I owe it to him and I owe it to myself to do that. It is so serious that I need to stop what I'm doing in that moment and go take care of this. And so he uses murder as the example in this situation to make his point in regards to how serious anger is. Not to equate the seriousness, but to focus in on the seriousness of being angry with one another. And so it's important for us to recognize the difference between taking a legislative position on something and asking us to look at matters in regards to the heart. And Jesus here is asking us to look at matters in regards to the heart when it comes to issues like this. It's really how it's always been. I mean, you know, it's interesting. We don't have certainly the time to dig into it right now. But, you know, what what's law, certainly at this time in Jewish history, what has been lost is... You know, they're taking the old law or the law of Moses and making that legislative in a lot of ways. Now, there were certainly laws that were enumerated. There's no Mm -hmm. question about that. But you go back and you study the pages of the Old Testament, and the point is made there that even from the very beginning, that law was still a law in which the heart was to be used Mm -hmm. and to put use. I mean, it is, you read the book of Isaiah, and it it is the thing that they're rebuked for. Yeah, they're keeping the law, and if everyone could see me using the air quotes, right? But they're rebuked for their heart not being involved. Or you go all the way back to like Deuteronomy chapter 6, and it's about love of God, right? Mm -hmm. It it is about that level of love and commitment to God. That's what it's always been. But it has morphed into now this checklist kind of things. And and Jesus is trying to, uh, uh, he's trying to buck that trend, certainly, to get them to understand that we've got to be thinking a little bit deeper. And so he makes this point. You're right, he's not equating anger and murder. He's not equating those two things, but he wants to make the point that even something like anger, which starts and originates in the heart, is something that has to be dealt with, and it is a serious thing. It it, it certainly makes a difference on your relationship with your brother, as he Mm -hmm. makes mention of here, but even your relationship with God, it can have an impact on. He says, listen, don't, don't bring your gifts here. Don't come to the altar with this on your heart. You take care of that. Even in that next little bit in verse 25, when he kind of switches to your adversary, what's the word he used? You take care of that 
quickly. Mm-hmm. And so the point is still the same, that this is not something that is going to linger on the Christ heart. And that's what he's looking for, right? If you're going to be a part of my kingdom, you're going to have a Christ heart. And something that isn't going to linger there is anger. And you're going to take care of it, and you're going to take care of it quickly. Yeah, one of the things that was just jumped into my head as you were talking about that was actually something we've been talking about in our Bible class. We're studying through the book of Psalms, and we spent the entire class on Sunday in Psalm 119, uh, a psalm that's completely dedicated to God's Word and the commandments and the precepts that God gives. And one of the things that really stuck out to me was uh, the connection that the psalmist made to being in God's Word and the wisdom that could be gleaned from it. It wasn't, the psalmist didn't look at God's word as a checklist. The psalmist looked at God's word as an avenue to gain wisdom. And I think when we think about God's law in that way, it helps us understand what Jesus is saying. You can look into God's law and you can find a checklist, or you can look into God's law and you can find wisdom. Jesus is asking us to find wisdom, and wisdom is going to guide our hearts. Wisdom is going to guide the interactions that we have with one another. And all of those things are going to be rooted and grounded in the law. That's what Jesus is asking them to do. He's asked, because remember last week we talked about Jesus' respect for the law, and he makes the point that he is not here to do away with the old law. He's not here to discredit it in any way, shape, or form. And he's continuing to make that point by helping them recognize that if you're truly invested in the law, then what it will provide to you is wisdom that will help you deal with issues like anger and help you deal with conflicts with one another. That's what God's law was always intended to do, not just to set up a checklist of, okay, I didn't kill anybody today, but, but to provide the wisdom and instruction that helps us have positive, healthy interactions with one another. And so Jesus is now helping these, these people and us still today recognize that God's law was always intended and it has always been intended to hold us to a higher standard, standards of the heart, standards of wisdom, and, and how we interact with one another, how we think about one another, how we treat one another. That's what God is, and Jesus here is wanting us to get back to. Because at the end of the day, that's what his original law was meant to do. Unfortunately, it had been perverted at this point to something totally different. Here at the very end, what I love on how this section closes in verse 26, all the things that we've talked about is the truth for sure. But I think there's an interesting point made there in verse 26 that Jesus is, you know, in, in, in keeping with his analogy, but he, he's making the point that ultimately this is what is best for us mm-hmm. that's what he's interested in he's not he's not interested he's not just some you know dictator overlord that just it, it just enjoys people doing what he says right. he has care for man yeah. and so he he's making the point here that this way to deal with your anger and to take care of it quickly is what is best for man. And listen, we could probably all paint a picture in our own lives or certainly in situations that we know where anger that is not dealt with, that is is allowed to fester, down the line, that person gets to the point where, they're like, how, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. And relationships are destroyed, uh, lives are destroyed, jobs are destroyed. I mean, it's a, it's a destructive path that's yeah. been left behind, and you're like, I, I, I mean, how did I even get here? Well, Jesus knows what's best for man, 
is to deal with this quickly. Mm-hmm. And so he, he kind of closes with this idea that, listen, if you, if you don't do that, you're, you're going to get to the point where you, you've paid all. You've, yeah. you've paid all down to the very last penny. You've given all because that you didn't take care of this quickly. So I think that's a really interesting way to look, and I think that'll make a difference with the next section that we'll get into next week. Yeah, I think, you know, just to kind of put a bow on this, again, we have to keep in mind the context of all of this. We're going to talk about another very sensitive and could potentially be a controversial topic. I don't think it should be next week. But again, keeping the context is so important. Jesus is doing two things. He's he's holding us to a higher standard, and he's asking us to look at the heart. That's what he's doing in the Sermon on the Mount. We have to remember that context, and if we do, I think many of these things begin to come into much clearer focus for us as we study them. Yep, there's no doubt about that. Well, we'll go ahead and put the brakes on here, and uh, we'll pick up our study next week, beginning there in verse 27, as we continue to study along in the Sermon on the Mount. So thank you so much for studying along with us today, and we look forward to studying with you again next week.